Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weird World Podcast. You should do this. I'm going to soothe you. ASMR. You don't think people are soothed by the Weird World Podcast? I hope not. (laughs) Be in it? No. (laughs) Maybe they are. Anyway, we're the Weird World Podcast people. My name is Carrie. I'm Aaron. I'm Dean. And Dean's going to tell us a story about something weird. This evening. Okay. I'm going to ask you to imagine. Start, uh, imagine that you're on a merchant sailing vessel and you're, you're cruising through the endless Atlantic Ocean. Let's say it's December 5th, 1872, as a matter of fact, <laughs> just for the sake of argument. <laughs> you just pulled that Absolutely, date just a out random of the hat. Okay. date. Mm-hmm. And so you're on a sailboat, of course. It's about one o'clock. It's a calm, sunny day. The captain comes up to the bridge, and the helmsman tells him they'd been tracking a boat for some time now. It's about six miles away, and it's been approaching them for a little while, but in kind of a weird, unsteady path, okay? Swerving. A little bit. Drunken captain. Like if you could swerve in a boat. Yes, it's like that. So kind of a slow swerve, I imagine. The sails aren't fully set. In fact, some of the rigging is kind of, it looks like it's not rightly done, right? Uh-oh. They move closer and they hail the ship. Ahoy there. <laughs> what? Does that not what sound was this? It's a Dudley Do right on the it ocean. It may have been Dudley Do right, a sailor. Uh, nothing. Silence greets mm. them. They draw even a little closer and they notice that there's no one on deck. In sight. Spooky. And still Uh-oh. no one returns their calls, their hails, which sound Makes like... Makes sense. Oh, hi there. Someone notices that the ship's lifeboat is missing. But why would an entire crew abandon a seaworthy boat in the middle of the vast Atlantic Ocean? You wonder. Hmm. So the captain of the ship, he decides he's going to send someone on board that other boat to find out what happened when they get close. They read on the bow the name of that ship. You can probably guess that name. Ghost ship. <laughs> would that be the most on? Would you just name your a boat ghost on the ship? Nose. <laughs> that would be a good you know, just in case we become a ghost ship, we've got the best name. You ever. know what? Now I'm going to buy a, a ship and call it the boat okay, ghost you, ship. You buy a ship. It's called <laughs> the Mary Celeste. I've done it. As I'm sure most of our listeners already guessed even though Carrie thought it was called Ghost Ship. The Mary ghost Celeste. Let's, let's start with some history. Carrie liked to do this usually, right? We will step back a little bit. Look at the Mary yes. Celeste. It I, was... I want, would like you to go back a hundred years or so. Mary Celeste no. is a young woman. <laughs> <laughs> a young woman of 19. She's, no, she, the Mary Celeste was, was made in Canada. Whoa, mm-hmm. I'll be. Oh, Canada. That's good. No, that's, that's really how you that. start their national. Uh, oh, I'm aware yeah. of that. I'm aware of that. <laughs> We've seen a hockey game or two. Ooh. It was built in 1861, as I just mentioned, I believe. I think I did. Anyway, it was called the Amazon, was oh, the name of the ship. It bad. was going to run timber from Canada to England and back. On her first voyage, though, the captain got sick, and the ship had to return to port back in Nova Scotia, and the captain then promptly died back Uh-oh. there. So, bad omen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People on the sea, is my understanding, take that kind of shit seriously. They said so they got a new captain, and they set sail again. But on the way out, they almost hit another ship off the coast of Maine. 
Just like near miss. Yes. What's I, that? I don't know. <laughs> I know. And then so they get to England with their timber. They unload, but then on the way of leaving London, they rammed and sank a brig in the English Channel. Good Lord. <laughs> so it was not good from the get-go for the Amazon yeah. soon to be Mary Celeste. Things were apparently not too bad, though, for the next six years because there's no news. And in that time, it was, it was trading in the West Indies and the Mediterranean. I don't know why they changed their plan there. Maybe fewer ships to hit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... In October of 1867, the Amazon ran aground in Glace Bay, Nova Scotia, during a storm. Oh. It was a bad accident. Basically, it's like if a ship is totaled and they just walk away, it's like, it's yours, insurance company, that's what happened. They just, the owners took really? the insurance money and the boat was that badly damaged, it was totaled, right? Wow. They, they essentially, they preferred an insurance payout to trying to fix it. Yeah. So they hit land. <laughs> I guess. Missed it. Couldn't, didn't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's a storm. Give me a break. The ship was salvaged, though, and sold to an American named Richard W. Haynes. He retrofitted the Amazon and renamed it, or I'm sorry, rechristened it. Yeah. Rebranded. He did. Uh, the Mary Celeste. He named himself the captain. I like that. I'm sure. captain. And business, it's his ship. I guess he could, yeah. Business was not great, and he lost the ship to his creditors in 1869. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was a consortium based in New York. And so for about three years more, she plied the trade for a while and then was refurbished again in 1872 at a cost of $10,000 in Which 1872. Would be That's like $14 billion today or something like that. <laughs> Jesus. I don't think so. Uh, it's a lot of money, though. Well, you might as well just buy a new ship. <laughs> they spent the money and they made it nice. In fact, after the retrofit, it was a lot heavier, and it was added. A, they added a second deck to it, and they also somehow it became went from ninety nine feet long to one hundred and three feet long. I don't know how they do that. Mm, that's weird. And a mermaid on one end. Yeah, I was gonna say they just <laughs> probably stuck a reaching out stick out. They do that on on skyscrapers. I found out they they yeah. count like the antenna on top. That's bullshit. It's yeah. not building. No, it should have to be structural to be counted. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to put a 400-foot antenna on the tallest building in the world. That's, that's cheating. So meanwhile, a, a Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs had bought into the ownership of the Mary Celeste while it was being retrofitted, I guess. He, Benjamin, Captain Briggs, was the son of a ship's captain who was a devout Christian who had married his cousin, as was the custom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had two children. Ooh, two whack-ass looking kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, cousins. Uh, cousin parents. Probably. His wife, Sarah, was, his wife's name is Sarah, they had a baby daughter named Sophia. They were going to come with him on their voyage, the first voyage of the retrofitted Mary Celeste. Seven-year-old son Arthur, though, was going to stay with her grandmother to stay in school. Oh, okay. Lucky Arthur. Though, stay in school. As yeah. it turned out. Briggs handpicked his crew. He trusted them. He, the first person he picked was a first mate named Albert Richardson, who he had sailed with before and trusted, you know, liked him, got along well. Sure. So this is like the assembly scene in the heist movie? Yes. Okay, yes. Cool. This is where, like, Albert, I need you. We're dun-dun, going dun-dun, to dun-dun, Genoa. Dun-dun, I'm on, Captain Briggs. I don't know why I made him whatever that <laughs> accent is, because they're American, so never mind. It was Dutch Scottish. It was Dutch Scottish. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm, it was. Mm-hmm. That's good. Hey, you got that. Yeah. I'm like the Mel Streep of this podcast. Uh-huh. I can do the subtle accents that are multiple different things. Other crew came recommended by the crew that he brought on or people he knew in the biz. And all, there were seven crewmen. Four of them were Germans from the Frisian Islands. 
Those oh. are islands off of Europe. Never heard of them. They're um, right by Frisia. Now they're they're they're, they're the they're surfing far. Europeans. Yes, yeah, a lot a lot of surfing in the North mm-hmm. Sea. There, uh, they're all considered good, trustworthy sailors. In fact, Sarah wrote her mother-in-law before they they set sail and said, "Hey, yeah, these seem like good people. I'm looking forward to this voyage." Okay, on November, what go were they the only women on the on board? The daughter and the wife, of uh-huh. course. Yes, they didn't have a lot of women sailors back then. They're, well, they this might is have previous. a cook. No, 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 no. None of the cooks were ever female, trust oh. me. On November 5th, the cooks were named Cookie, but they were still dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I may be mixing that up with like wagon trains also, but I, th- I think the same. I think same kind of thing. No? November 5th, 1872, the Mary Celeste, Celeste, <laughs> the Mary Celeste left New York's East River heading for Genoa in Italy. Below decks were 1,701 barrels of denatured alcohol. Ooh. Any idea what that is? I had no idea. I don't know. What Sounds does the denatured flammable. mean? Denatured alcohol, it's flammable for sure. It's essentially it's ethanol, but they add additives to make it taste and smell super nasty and be poisonous so you don't drink it. <laughs> but what's it going to be used for? A solvent or as fuel. Okay. But then again, as we know, Bella Lugosi was basically drinking jet fuel screwdrivers by the end of his life. So people will do what people will do around alcohol. I don't think that's common knowledge that that we all know Bella Lugosi was drinking jet fuel. So even though it was a bit unstable. Uh, I'm going to have to fact check that one. With Bella Lugosi? Trust me. Dude Mm -hmm. was drinking some crazy shit. He was in bad shape. His last movie was Ed Wood. Ooh, yum. Remember he was filmed for three days walking around his small bungalow in the valley with his old Batman, a uh, Batman, his old Dracula suit mm-hmm. on, and they somehow shoehorn that into a tale of uh, zombies and, and things like that. But it was a great movie, by the way. Yeah. Highly recommended. Mm-hmm. It can, th- th- but it can be, you know, kind of unstable, but basically if you don't drink it, it should be fine. It was, it was, you know. Yeah. So they're going to go Italy, bring a bunch of booze. That was not booze. Pick up some salami. Probably on the way back you for know, the return voyage. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, cats can have a little salami. I'm not sure that sounds <laughs> that sounds wrong in many ways. Cats can have a little Are you talking salami. about boy cats or no, does it not cats matter? Cats can have a little salami. They can eat salami. Yeah, you can give them a little salami. <laughs> what? Did you, you not hear fact? about this? You're saying that like it's a not widely known. Cats, what, yeah. what's happening? Did you not hear about this, no. what, this no. article went viral? Cats can have a little salami. <laughs> I don't get it. I think, viral on Twitter. Y'all know on Twitter. Okay. okay. All the millennials will understand, or Gen Z's will understand. Okay. Gen Z's laughing their ass off. And we're, and, and we're going, what? What? Yeah, of course. We can't wait to give Gus and Kobe a little salami. I don't know what's happening. I still don't know what's happening. So, three days before leaving, Briggs, Captain Briggs, he wrote his mother, quote, Our vessel is in beautiful trim, and I hope we shall have a fine passage. They were anchored off Staten Island, though, to wait for a, some bad weather. So Sarah took the time and she sent one more letter back to her mother-in-law, Briggs's mom, and said, tell Arthur I make great dependence on the letters I shall get from him and will try to remember anything that happens in the voyage which he would be pleased to hear. I say that just because it's kind of sad because he's never going to see his mom and dad again. Oh. Did I kind of? Spoiler. Sorry. How do letters get back and forth? And have to go on the ship. Huh? Oh, no, they were they were anchored off Staten Island, so they just they gave it to you know the poor. No, they, no, no, they no. I know, but box. but <laughs> she was looking forward to getting letters from Arthur. Oh, that probably maybe in Italy. That, that's they, what I mean. If so, they're gonna, 
I don't know. Maybe so. I have mail Can't ships? wait to get your letter in 12 months. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes. I'm looking forward to it, son. See, well, you're much older and have changed completely. I mean, obviously, we knew mail went back and forth, but... Yeah. Good it Lord. would take a few months to get there and back. Yeah. It wouldn't be our... Send your Christmas know. cards you know, I'm not super sure early. It would take maybe just a couple of months or, yeah. or, or several months. On November 7th, the Mary Celeste finally sailed into the Atlantic. Eight days later, the Dea Gracia, under Captain David Morehouse, set sail for Genoa as well. The Dea Gracia was loaded with oil. The Dea Gracia caught up with the Mary Celeste nearly three weeks later on December 5th, midway between the Azores Islands and Portugal to the west. So Azores are Griffith Islands between Europe and the east coast of the United States, a little bit closer to Europe, I believe, and they were in between those islands and then the coast of Portugal. Got it? Yes, I have. I have a, it picture, I have a map pictured in my head. Perfect. Woohoo. Which, of course, no, I don't. What Morehouse found and his crew found on board the Mary Celeste remains one of the most puzzling mysteries in maritime history. So let's examine what the Dea Gracia saw, because this is the whole... Was there a table like set with food well, and everything? Like... Let's, let's look into that, shall we? <laughs> okay, yes. So let's. Captain Morehouse and the Dea Gracia... By the way, am I pronouncing that right? It's Latin. Is it Gratia or Gracia? I don't know. I don't know what it is either, to be honest No with clue. You. Hold I on. skipped that day in Latin stop for class. A mm-hmm. Actually, stop it. Oh. I'm actually going to um, look it up. So let's look into what the De Gracia saw. Captain Morehouse, he sent a few men out on a launch to board the Mary Celeste. They were led by first mate Oliver DeVoe. He was the first mate of the De Gracia. They found there was actually disarray. The sails mm. were in a bad state of repair, and some of the sails were actually missing. The rigging, was all the ropes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I wasn't sure. No, uh, the hand gesture. Oh, ropes and stuff. That. that was my rigging rope hand gesture uh-huh. that you can see. <laughs> it was uh, snarled, and some of the ropes were hanging uselessly. Of the ship's three hatches on deck for access to the hold, two of them were wide open with the doors laying on the deck next to them, exposing the cargo to the elements. Only the main hatch was secure. So it was the two, I guess, the fore and aft, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> on the poop deck. On the poop deck. <laughs> the binnacle. What's a binnacle, you wonder? I, I, yeah. I also wondered. It's a little stand with the navigation instruments that's set right next to the helm. So like they can open up, the and it's got like a little glass door. So, oh, you need a compass or the... Um, thingy that you use sextant to, sextant they, I know my old timey navigation right. tools they would keep that in the binnacle it was knocked over and the glass was broken hmm. and perhaps most importantly as I mentioned the lifeboat which was a small yawl was gone hmm. glass doesn't seem to be the best idea in oh. materials on a you don't ship. expect to knock over the binnacle just a little glass door on the top of the binnacle that's all no yeah yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, How dare they? Somebody could cut themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was water down in the hold, and there was a sounding rod on deck, as if they're measuring the depth of the water in the hold. The, the water in the hold, though, was about three and a half feet deep, which sounds like a lot, but apparently it was nothing at all to yeah. worry about for a boat of that size. Yeah, That's I wouldn't normal. think so. Yeah. The cargo of the denatured alcohol, the barrels, still. Seemed to be reasonably well stowed. Were they bobbing in the, the water? water? Oh, no. Were they what? 
bobbing in the water? No, they were all in tied off and in in good order, more okay. or less. It was it was wet down there, but they weren't all in disarray. Yeah, the crew had left behind though their oil skin boots and their pipes. <gasps> It's apparently important because it tells people that they left in a big hurry because you're always going to take your oil skin boots and your pipes. Duh. The captain's quarters was also in disarray, but only his papers, most of his papers, and his navigational inst- instruments were missing. Okay. So though it was messy, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, and though it was kind of a mess, the galley was in good order and there was plenty of food in stores. There was no food in the midst of being prepared on the tables, anything like that. Yeah, there's plenty of food, but not, it was wasn't like there was a steamy mug of coffee. That's just absolutely not true. It appeared though as if the crew had abandoned the Mary Celeste in a big hurry. The, but that the captain took his he took his instruments, instruments and his them. papers. Yes. Yeah. The De Gracia crew found the ship's log, so the captain didn't take the log, which yeah. also again indicates they left in a hurry because yeah. he, you'd want to get that. The last date. This is key. Was from about 8 a.m. on November 25th, so it was 10 days earlier. So, at, And at that time, when they found it, when the crew of the De Gracia found the Mary Celeste, it was 400 nautical miles off to the, to the west. So at, when, when the crew of the De Gracia found the Mary Celeste, it had gone 400 nautical miles from that last entry in the logbook. Oh, okay. In, in 10 at, days. At the, in 10 days. At that last entry, it was off of the Azores island of Santa Maria. So in about 10 days, it had gone 400 miles with nobody on board, apparently. Mm-hmm. Huh. Are the Azores um, inhabited? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And a lot of, it's, in fact, they were very, very common to, you'd re-up, you'd refuel or whatever you had to do in, on the Azores. Go get some provisions. Provisions, yeah. Or later on, coal or whatever. I mean, this kind of explains the state of the boat, right? Because yeah. it apparently traveled 400 miles with no one on board. Certainly explain how the ship's cabins were they're sort of damp and messy and stuff was sort of tossed about. Because, you know, sprays, it's, it's rocking about. Sprays yeah. coming in from open doors and, and skylights and things like that. Yeah. Right? And there could have been bad weather. Maybe. There could have been, yeah. In, in fact, we'll find out later there was. Generally, clothes and personal items were strewn about the quarters, and, and everything was damp, as you would expect with a ship at the mercy of the sea for 10 days. But critically, there was no signs of violence and no obvious reason why the captain crew would have simply abandoned a, well, a, a well-provisioned yeah. and sound ship to the mercy of the, of the Atlantic mm-hmm. on their fairly small lifeboat. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Are there, like, sea pirates at the time? Oh, we'll get to that. Okay. Ooh, pirates. Pirates. Ay, ay, no more than arg, <laughs> arg, sorry. That is, uh, and that's important because of the, the stories that have been passed down over the years that you kind of alluded to earlier. So again, the ship was not in the tidy order of the mythologizing, but critically, it was totally seaworthy and had plenty of food and water. Yeah. DeVoe, the first mate, he went on board. He reported back to Morehouse of what he found and Morehouse thought, you know what? We're about 600 miles from Gibraltar. Salvaging a valuable ship with a valuable cargo at that time was a good idea. You would be handsomely rewarded. In fact, maritime law demanded that you get a good portion of the value of that ship and its cargo if you salvaged it. Wow. So he said, you know what? We're going to divvy up our crew in the De Gracia, and uh, we'll have a sort of a skeleton crew on both ships, and we'll sail together 
into Gibraltar uh, 600 miles away. And Gibraltar is important because it, it was British and it had British courts, which they sort of the most trustworthy maritime courts in the world. And a big rock. Very big rock. Ooh. Yep. Huge rock. That was mainly the reason they wanted to do it. You're right. They mm-hmm. wanted to do a little sightseeing. AKA the Rock of Gibraltar. There we go. Ooh. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> well, <laughs> we weren't clear what, what rock you were referring to. I, I'm pretty sure could've you been, were, but. Could have been another rock. Aaron might not be. You, do you, have you heard of the Rock of Gibraltar? I don't know what it is, but I've heard of it. Okay. It's a big remember? rock. Ooh, wasn't Gibraltar. there like an insurance company <gasps> there or something? Was I remember old commercials in the 70s yeah. Rock of Gibraltar. Right. Rock of Gibraltar, insure your car. <laughs> that was a very that's, that was actually spot on. That was their mm-hmm, tune. Mm-hmm. Good one. The De Gracia arrived at Gibraltar on December twelfth, which is a very slow sail because both ships were under manned. The Mary Celeste under DeVoe arrived the next day, but both arrived safe and sound. The salvage court heard the De Gracia's case later that week, so they didn't fuck around. Yeah, well, they just, probably didn't have a huge caseload. Probably true. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ghost ship alert. Move us to the front. <laughs> That's yeah. what happened, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a ghost ship? Oh, you're, you're up next, all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was headed up the, by the Attorney General of Gibraltar named Frederick Solly Flood. Whoa. And the court almost... Freddie Flood. Freddie Flood. Freddie Solly Flood. Great name. He, he could have been a rock star. Freddie Flood? Yeah. And or a Captain Planet villain. Yeah. Yes. Freddie yes. Flood. Freddie Flood. He, the court almost immediately started making unsupported assumptions. Sully Flood, a bit of background on him, he was described as a, quote, a man whose arrogance and pomposity were inversely proportional to his IQ. Uh-oh. So he was the, the Trump of the 1870s. Yes. And as, quote, the sort of man who, once he had made up his mind about something, couldn't be shifted. Oh, also sounds familiar. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Flood, uh, typical. He sounds like a type... That is all too common. Definitely should be in power. <laughs> yeah, and here he is. The, he's the attorney general, so he's kind of the, the top law in the colony. The flood jumped to the conclusion that some form of foul play had befallen the Mary Celeste, likely fueled by alcohol. It's just He just, boom. He yeah. went for that. That was the explanation. He could not be moved from that. He apparently didn't understand that the ship's alcohol would kill anyone who drank it. And it was left behind, right? It was, it was all there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they've... No, you know, I don't, I don't. I doubt they've gone through all seventeen hundred barrels and tested how much is left. That he just threw, yeah. they dipped into a, a barrel and got drunk on this denatured alcohol, and then hilarity ensued. So he uh, didn't they have a barrel of rum? I don't know. He, uh, you know, I don't think they did because Captain Briggs was a super, super, super hardcore Christian. Oh, and he so he maybe had a dry teetotaler. Ship. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. a teetotaler. So what would they drink? They would drink water. Hmm. Not rum. I don't know that for a hundred. I'm not a million percent sure that it have. Why? Okay. Why did sailors infamously drink rum? Because it was they didn't drink grog mostly, which is uh, rum mixed and, and diluted with water. But one of the reasons Ugh. was, as I think you're alluding to, it was often safer yeah. than water because water can get bad bacteria and stuff there. in yeah. it. Yeah. Rum can't because it's gross. So everything dies in it. And be, well, beer too. That's the reason they they bring yeah. casks of yeah. beer because it was safer than just plain water. But I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure they're drinking water. Okay. Maybe tea. Let's go Ooh. with tea. I don't know. Well, but tea's made with water, so yeah. But oh, you boil yeah. it. I think that's we're true. Get enough track here. You can boil any water, <laughs> but okay. So Flood ordered an investigation that put everything in kind of a suspicious light. Now, to be fair to him, though, there are some sources. At least one source I saw said that the cargo was alcohol intended for fortified wine. Oh. But most sources say it was denatured alcohol, which is deadly. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah. 
marks on the bow he found, Flood found, were said to be made by a knife or a sword. Captain Briggs' sword, it was found sheathed and under his bunk. It had dark stains on it. And what did he say? Blood. Blood. More supposed blood was found on a ship rail near an apparent axe mark. And there was an upright vial of sewing machine oil in the in the cabin somewhere, and this proved to Solly Flood, it proved to him that, oh, look, the ship had not faced any bad weather because otherwise that would have been knocked over. Apparently not thinking, well, you know, maybe one of the persons on the, they were sailing a week, yeah. maybe just, you know, yeah. put it back up. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> yeah, people so, were on it. Jesus. But he took all these things. He just put everything in a suspicious light. He, he made it out to sound like, look, so clearly there was violence on board this ship. Yeah. So presto, Flood's court concluded the crew had broken into the alcohol that was in the hold, the poisonous alcohol. They killed Briggs and his family. They must have also killed the first and second mates because everybody kind of thought those people were very loyal and knew Briggs. They would never have gone for it. And then in this drunken rampage, they threw the bodies overboard. And then they made the, um, here's the theory, those cuts on the bow, they said those were to simulate a collision because apparently they sobered up and had to concoct a cover story. Yeah. Like, oh, look, we're hitting. The, uh, everybody fell off but us. They then abandoned a perfectly seaworthy and fully provisioned Mary Celeste to hop into the little yawl and go to parts unknown. Yeah. That's the theory. You know. Yeah. So. Not a great thing. Not awesome. Let's talk about that in theories, though. Okay. But no, not leaving the ludicrous well enough alone, flood further theorized that the De Gracia also was up to no good. Oh, he, well, that's besmirching. It is. Yeah, he he clearly besmirched them. He couldn't imagine that he couldn't get into his head that the Mary Celeste had sailed 40, 400 miles with no crew. He said, Jesus thought, that's impossible. So he assumed that the well, De Gracia had actually found it closer to the Azores and doctored to log to make it seem like it went on for uh, longer and was found closer to Portugal. Because Why? Conspiracy, we don't know because because he just couldn't get again. He couldn't believe that it had gone 400 miles. So he said, "Oh, okay, they must be lying." It could drift clear across the ocean. In that, I guess, in that amount of time, I don't know. Uh, He he wasn't a sailor, Solly Flood. He was an attorney general. He was a lawyer. Yeah. So, but he thought he would. But obviously, he was a very suspicious guy. He trusted no Mm, one. Yeah. Maybe he was anti-American. Yeah. Well, could be. Yeah, because the Degrasse was American. Anyway, may he's still sore about the whole. Uh, Revolutionary War. I like I like yeah. to use the word "sore for mad." A word a, a word uses that really hasn't been around since what the thirties, the nineteen thirties or so. That's good, mm-hmm. Gary. He was sore. He had a chapped ass. <laughs> when James Winchester, he was the managing director. I'm sorry, the managing partner of the ownership group of the Mary Celeste, arrived in Gibraltar to release the cargo so he could deliver it. Flood said, uh, "Well, I'm going to need a fifteen thousand dollar bond to release the cargo." Because why? Because he's a dick. Winchester did not have that kind of pocket money at all. So it, it pretty much quickly became apparent that Flood suspected that Winchester, too, oh. was in on it. Maybe he had hired the De Gracia to kill Briggs and the crew and claim the Mary Celeste as part of some kind of weird scheme. Like, oh, they, oh you know, kill him, and you can take it in and get salvage money. No one's... Uh, quite sure what he thought was the motivating factor, but basically everybody that came before his court he thought was in on something. Right. Why <laughs> yeah, conspiracy? He, he blamed everyone. Tim for a hat. Yeah. Little motherfucker. 
Jeez. What was his name? Solly Flood. That's a... What happened to Freddie? Freddie Flood. Solly Flood is hyphenated. That's his last name. Oh, yeah. okay. Last names. I thought Solly was his middle name. No. Winchester was powerless. There's nothing he can do. This guy again was the Attorney General of Gibraltar, and they're in British Gibraltar. So, yeah. and Flood was the representative of the British Crown. A short time later, though, an analysis of the supposed bloodstains on the sword and the rail indicated they were not blood. I think they're I think the thing on the sword was rust. Yeah, chocolate. It was. It was <laughs> uh, chocolate. Yeah, they used to spoon chocolate on the sword and just lick it. It's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Moreover, the supposed axe marks and those purposeful cuts on the ship that were said to simulate a collision, they were deemed just natural, normal wear and tear from the rigging. Yeah. So, and that was, that was, I, I, there'd be all kinds of little, it'd be so hard to tell. Jibs and jabs on a wooden, it's all made out of wood, right? Uh, Lots of jibs and jabs, absolutely. Especially if it was. (laughs) I mean, a wall for how long? Yes, it was a drift. Jibs and jabs, a wall. You guys know some nautical terms. That's impressive. <laughs> the Mary Celeste was finally released on February 25th, 1873, to sail to Genoa and deliver that denatured alcohol. As for Morehouse and the De Gracia, they were awarded 1,700 pounds for the salvage. That was grossly below what they probably should have gotten by. Okay, who pays law. that? The, I believe, the owners of the ship. So, in this case, Winchester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The court also criticized Morehouse, captain of the De Gracia, for letting Oliver DeVoe, his first mate, take the De Gracia to Genoa to deliver its own cargo, it's sort of implying that you know, I, I this proves you did have something to do with it, which makes no sense whatsoever. Uh-uh. They I mean, still had a job yeah, to do. They, mm-hmm. they had to get there. They were yeah. late already from salvaging the Mary Celeste. So yeah. he sent DeVoe out ahead to Genoa, and, and Solly Flood was pissy about that. He says, oh, well, that proves it. Yeah, he was not. He yeah. doesn't come off well Mm-mm. in the story at all. Uh-uh. Old Solly Flood, Freddie Flood. So, I mean, that's so that's basically it. That's basically the facts in the case of the Mary Celeste. We'll get to a little bit. We'll get to what happened to the Mary Celeste the rest of his of his life. But that's it. That's the, the case. The Mary Celeste is exactly that. It was found in the Atlantic Ocean. No one on board. Perfectly sound. No reason. What's uh, apparent reason for it to have been abandoned? The crew, all of them, were never seen again. Do no we, sight of them are the 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 the, um, the yawl the lifeboat were ever seen again. Do we know? Uh, was the lifeboat large enough for the entire crew? Yes, I'm okay. sure it was, but, but I think also just okay. for the whole crew. Huh. It was just, again, I think there was a total of, would that be if, seven, eight, nine, like 10 ish total humans on board, one of which oh, was okay. a baby. So, Ooh, not not a whole Sophia. lot of people. Itty bitty yeah. like life vests. Yeah, they, had, they, they did have. They did have itty bitty tiny baby life vests back then. Yes, they did. Hmm. And they had to wear them the whole time. It was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. So. What happened I, I, to the Mary I Celeste? A, I have an important question. Yes. What happened to Albert? Albert Richardson, the first mate? Is that what you're talking about? You mean Arthur? The, oh, Arthur. Oh, Arthur. The son. He... Fucked up. He uh, lived with Grandma and later became a successful... Alcohol. I have no idea. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> no idea, but he lived. Yeah. And presumably his family did not. He probably had survivor guilt. Mm-hmm. He probably, no, he did not. It really well, wasn't his choice. When he found out eight years later, he was <laughs> devastated. <laughs> They're a bit late. You're 11, Arthur. They're not going back. So let's talk theories. Theory number one, 
Conspiracy. A la Sully Flood. Yes, or various ones. So despite little evidence of some sort of scam by James Winchester and or the De Gracia, suspicion lingered for years uh, that they were kind of, they did something on the not up and up. For instance, there was a rumor that the Mary Celeste had been overinsured. Ooh. And so there was, that was sort of a motivation, like, why would you do that? Turns out, James Winchester said, absolutely not. Here's the paperwork. We had normal insurance on it. Yeah. And his insurance company never batted an eyelash. They were fine with it. Yeah. Which, so it was not overinsured. Some said the conspiracy was between Morehouse and Briggs, Benjamin Briggs, the captain of the Mary Celeste itself, that they plotted somehow to split the salvage money. Like, I guess, you know, yeah. hey, you guys take off. We'll find, you know, go road to some island and we'll come get you later on and, and we'll salvage it. But, but again, I, I, Winchester is the, the partner of the owners. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Other people think that Morehouse. Oh, did I say that? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, that, that Morehouse and Briggs were friends, Captain, and that they knew each other. And so, you know, we'll hide you guys out. We'll pretend you weren't there when we got there. And we'll get a bunch of salvage money. Again, they expected to get a lot more than 1,700 pounds, probably three oh, or four okay. times that. And Ooh. we'll split that and, you know, go on yeah. their way. So, but Winchester testified. Everybody who knew Briggs said this guy was super upstanding, very ethical. No way he'd do that. Remember, he was also a part owner of the, of the Mary Celeste. And there's no evidence that he even knew Morehouse. Maybe, I mean, they were captains who were based in New York, but that's about it. There were yeah. lots of those types. They maybe knew each other by, by name, but there's no evidence they really were any kind of close friends at all. And if he was going to disappear, if Briggs was going to disappear with his wife and his baby, wow, does that make Arthur feel pretty left out? I know. Well, and left it, him behind. That's what I was going to say. If, if he was truly conspiring to do this, even, even if he fully believed that he was going to survive it, yeah. he wouldn't probably take his wife and baby with him. I wouldn't think so. And I'll, and why not? If you're only going to be on the ocean for a couple of weeks before you go into hi- hiding, why yeah. not take your kid, your your seven-year-old son? You know, why leave one behind? Yeah, makes no sense. It's not easier to take a baby. And, yeah. and why leave behind this extraordinary mystery that got a ton of attention? You're just drawing attention. Why do it like that? Yeah. Where a ghost ship did get... There weren't. This was not the only ghost ship, by the way, of the, of the time. But this one got a ton of attention, a lot of interest in it. It was so mysterious. It was so unexplainable. The ship, again, perfect order. They're not yeah. there. Um, so, and, and then, so what happened to them? What, they got to the Bahamas. Right, they got yeah. To some yeah. Unexed, Brazil. I mean, and they lived, and no one ever recognized them yeah. again. A ship's like worth of yeah. people showed up somewhere, and no one said And they, they weren't that old. He was only like 37 years old, so it's not like he was... You know, so you would have to live a fairly long life in kind of hiding. Yeah. At least hiding from other sailor folk who might recognize. You'd have to go to a far foreign land for that to be true. So not a lot of no. support for the conspiracy theory. Another theory. And also, he was a good Christian. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. So they don't do things like that. No, no. Just ask all televangelists. Murder and mutiny. Is the other another uh, theory? Yeah. This has it that the De Gracia was at fault independently, so not a conspiracy with Briggs, but the De Gracia. So maybe Morehouse, they, he caught up to the Mary Celeste, and some people think like he invited Briggs over for like a captain's dinner kind of a thing. Hey, come over for your dinner. Hey, bring your first mate, maybe even, and then slice some throat, maybe take a baseball bat to the back of the head while he's enjoying his roast beef, and he kills. <laughs> At least he killed the officers and Briggs and maybe his wife as well and tossed them overboard. 
and cook the baby and ate it for dinner. I, wow. Ooh. Wow. Went straight there. <laughs> went dark fast, Carrie. But here's the thing. Why? Yeah. It, it makes there's no real I mean, so you're gonna kill all again for salvage money? I mean that's a pretty monstrous psychopathic thing yes. to do mm-hmm. that your entire crew has to be okay with. Yeah. It's unlikely to be able to kill them all. The entire Child crew murder? without help. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it, Captain. We're behind you. We stick with you 100% for some salvage money that mm-hmm. you're, I mean. Yeah. And by the way, the De Gracia left port eight days after the Mary Celeste and was a slower ship. There's no way it could have caught up with the Mary Celeste. Yeah. Without the Mary Celeste being right. disabled and a ghost ship. Huh. So that doesn't hold a different take on this, though, on this kind of murder angle is that Briggs himself went crazy. Yeah. Some people say he was like fueled by some kind of religious zealotry. Why they bring that in, I have no idea. Yeah. But he basically committed mass murder of everyone on board and then jumped overboard. Just went uh, completely nuts. Was there that uh, whatever poi- or uh, ergot. fungus? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, is it fungus? Ergot. Yeah. Is it fun- yeah. That rye bread or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Every every anytime people go crazy, it's like, was it ergot? <laughs> I think it's ergot. <laughs> let's go. Let's go with the ergot. Could be mad no. cow disease. Yeah, it was mad cow. Quick acting, fast acting mm-hmm. mad cow. Yeah. A weird strain. Uh, of course, as we know, the lack of any real violence or bloodshed works strongly against this theory. Yeah. And though Captain Briggs, as I mentioned, was a maybe surprising, only thirty-seven years old. Can he really by him by himself murder the entire crew? I know that have Probably to be some not. like fucking James Bond it would shit. Be one yeah. at a time, like jumping off walls like katanaing people like one bullet, three heads. Just call call him into his office <laughs> one at a time. One at a time, and no one ever comes out. What's going on in there? <laughs> so it would have to be something like that. Yeah, and, and that's nonsense. It's there would have been evidence of yeah. it. In the- exactly. So there's just no reason to believe that. A more believable version of this murder theory has the crew mutinying and killing Briggs and the officers. This is a little bit similar to the Sully Flood theory. And whether fed by booze or not, the crew, for whatever reason, maybe, you know, Captain Briggs just drove him too hard, whatever. They mutinied, they got sick of it, and they killed him, killed his family, uh, presumably killed the office, the um, first and second mate as well. And then... The mutinous crew left abandoned the ship. Yeah. this very valuable yeah. ship and seaworthy ship for the lifeboat to yeah. take their chances in the Atlantic Ocean, where they, if we believe the logbook, they're off the shore of Santa Maria and the Azores, so they maybe in the lifeboat could have made for the Azores, but then, no. Then what? You'd yeah. have plenty of people who would see them in the Azores and be able to, to testify to that, so... And again, this is just no evidence, no positive evidence for that whatsoever. Yeah. No reason to believe that. It was a, it was a reliable crew. Been on that, those Frisian sailors, there's no reason to think they were murderous thugs. Yeah. They were, I mean, plenty of sailors at this time were very dodgy, but these guys appear not to be. Yeah. How well, about... Well, just motive is just... A, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, why are they doing it? They yeah. didn't take anything of value. Yeah. So, well, they would stay on the stupid ship. Of course they would, yeah, mm-hmm. and, just, and become pirates, apparently. Or at least <laughs> sell the or, ship. Yeah. Not yeah, why would you leave the ship? Or they, they could go to where they needed to go and just say they got sick and died. Yep, there you go. They could cover up the whole dang thing. Damn it. Mm-hmm. If you were around, Carrie, you could have helped them out. Instead, yeah. they got in the lifeboat and died. Terrible murderers. Yeah. How about this theory? It's my personal favorite. Let's call it a strange kind of race. 
There's a strange tale that was attached to the Mary Celeste uh, a few years after it happened. In this story, two crewmen, are possibly the captain and the first mate, some folks said, challenged one another to a race around the ship. So they'd anchor. It's like, I can be you. Now, well, let's race around the ship and see who's the fastest swimmer. That was the idea, right? So oh, swimming? Swimming. Oh. Yes. No, you oh, thought sorry. like on the decks? <laughs> no. No, I thought you meant the boat, in the little lifeboat. Like who could oh, row no, no, around? Okay, no, no, they, they're going to swim around the ship as a, as a race, right? It's just Ooh, good sport, good fun. Sure. So the crew, to be able to better see this race, built a makeshift platform and hung it over the side of the ship to, to better watch the race, right? Uh-huh. The racers, unfortunately, were both promptly eaten by sharks while they're racing. Uh-huh. And more unfortunately still... The platform collapses into the sea. Everyone dies. Bad luck all around. That's well, the story. Well, I imagine the wife and the baby weren't out on the platform. Yes, of course they were. Carrie. They oh, were okay. first she, in line at the front, to watch. Man. They want to see their husband beat the first mate. Their husband slash father because the baby was this too. like a common mm-hmm. thing that sailors did? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. <laughs> but this is one of the theories that it tests. We'll actually. Oh, so someone pulled it out of their fucking ass. <laughs> It's a theory. So I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna present, I want to be fair and present all theories, including. Oh, okay. They will try to do a synchronized swimming routine. <laughs> <laughs> they invented it, but unfortunately, they were eaten by sharks, mm-hmm. and no one knew about synchronized swimming for a, a century. Mm-hmm. Pirates. Yeah. Is our next theory. Yes, by the way, there were still some pirates around in the latter half of the 19th century. For instance, the Riffian pirates, it's from the area of Riff, which is on the coast of Morocco. They're based in Morocco, and they were known to known to kind of troll that area of the Atlantic, pirating. But what did they take? They would have taken the cargo, right, at the very least. What are pirates, you might ask? Pirates are basically just thieves at sea, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they would have. Yeah. These are large. And, and don't they actually take the ship, too? They, you would think they would. Yeah. Certainly, why not? Again, you'd sail it to some place that's a little yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. At least use it for... Not no lumber. <laughs> they would strip it, <laughs> put it up on blocks, yeah. and strip it. Oh, you know, to the chop shop. You could, there's plenty of points where you, somebody, somebody's going to buy yeah. some some hot stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. and they would no, you know, so they would have taken the ship. They would have at the very, very, very least taken everything of value on the ship. And there were things like clothes and jewelry on the ship that were left behind that were of value. And, and these, the alcohol. So these, yeah, well, beyond that, beyond the cargo, yeah. even if they like. Couldn't were yeah couldn't do it. They killed everybody, threw the bodies overboard, leaving no apparent no no horrible bloodshed. Again, if you right. they, they kill people with knives and swords, in, in, in all likelihood, I guess they could have guns. Either way, mm-hmm. they would have been a lot of blood and a lot of mess, yeah. killing ten people. Yeah. And there's no sign of that whatsoever. And again, nothing. They didn't even if they for some reason couldn't take the cargo, they would have taken valuable stuff and some of that was left behind. And then why take the lifeboat? Yeah. Why take the, the papers, the navigation instruments of the captain? They wouldn't. No. Mm-mm. So the piracy theory, it's fair to throw that out there. But Yeah. It's, it's the first thing I would think of. Yeah. Shitty pirates. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Just the crappy job. rookies. Yeah. Uh, rookie mistake. Fuck. Did you take anything? The oh, lifeboat. Damn it. We got the lifeboat <laughs> and a sextant and some papers. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> And a baby. We got a baby. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and we killed everyone. How about something to do with some things to do with nature? Ooh. How about a... Kraken. W- ooh, a Kraken. Yeah. How about a... Okay. 
let's discuss a kraken. I don't have that on my theories, but if you want to discuss a kraken, actually, I may. Well, no, because there'd be some damage. Actually, I think I do. We'll get to that. How about a water spout? Some people have actually said there's a really big water spout. This is a little bit indirect. It's not like the water spout that's going to like suck it down the ocean, but it's a water spout that would have driven water into the hold and possibly convinced the captain and the crew that the Mary Celeste was sinking. That's the, you have the mm. sounding rod. Yeah. Maybe it was more than three and a half feet deep. And they thought, oh shit, we're taking on water fast. They really weren't, but the water spout was just sort of driving water into the hold somehow. I don't know the science of it. Yeah. And it just, again, convinced them that we're sinking. We need to get off this ship fast and onto the, the lifeboat. Uh, and they died because the lifeboat didn't go anywhere. And the water spout would explain the, the three and a half foot of water in the hold. Mm-hmm. And it might also explain mm-hmm. the sails and the rigging being all messed up Is as this well. Is a common thing? No. But there are such a th- there is such a thing as a water spout. Okay. More on that in a minute, by the way. Okay. Maybe a sea quake also had rattled the cargo Ooh. of alcohol and generated fumes from, the, and would explain the hatches being opened and such. More on this in a minute, too. So hold your questions. Okay. Now, before we go to kind of maybe the, the, the most common theory and the best theory, we'll, we'll do one more really good theory. And I, I'm going to say something from beneath the sea. <gasps> Aliens, oh. perhaps, from a USO. Yes, I said USO, as we learned in our mm-hmm. episode on that one. <laughs> what was it called? Callback. <laughs> Callback, but I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Goddamn, the one in Canada, Nova Scotia. I wasn't there, so. Yeah. Son of a bitch. That was with an SH. You're getting there. So maybe this USO incident that I just forgot the name of is called, it was the Shack Harbor incident. I told you, SH. Uh, Okay, you're right, you're right. (laughs) So maybe some some aliens from the USO. Maybe it was Aquaman. (gasps) Um, No. Jason Momoa or the blonde man? Either one, either one. How about Atlantis? I guess Aquaman is from Atlantis, isn't he? Our Hammerhead, our Ocean Master. <laughs> Hammerhead, as his arch villain. As his o- Ocean Master. You did not master. say that word. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's close. What about like a giant squid? <gasps> giant squid. I was going to throw in Submariner, my personal favorite sea hero, but that's fine. Whatever, Gary. We'll go to giant squid because Gary wants to. I yes. think a little bit more realistic. Actually, the lab that giant squid was seriously posited as a solution in 1904. Someone wrote about it and said, hey, a giant squid came on there and grabbed each, yeah. each and every yeah. person oh, yeah. <laughs> individually, they took them down, plucked them off the deck. ate them with its parrot beak. Yum, yum, yum. It also took the navigation instruments and the captain's papers mm-hmm. well, and maybe the well, lifeboat. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah, there's no, no explanation for that. It does, and also design squids can't do that physically. Okay, the captain was, he was carrying his papers and his, uh, his yeah, materials, stuff? Okay. and he was, you know, sauntering across the deck. Ooh, what's and then, this? Oh, God, ah! So he saw yeah. a squid yes. and he said, we got to give it the boat. <laughs> Get in the boat and the squid sunk Get the boat. In the I love boat. it. Okay. I love it. I love it. It didn't happen. How Even the Bermuda Triangle, by the way, has been roped into this story because, as we know, Bermuda hmm. Triangle proponents don't give a shit. Where is the Bermuda Triangle? hundreds and <laughs> thousands of miles away from the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> as if it's something mysterious and it's anywhere in the Atlantic Ocean, they're going to grab it yeah. and latch onto it because that's what they do. It has. I've I've seen it on list of Bermuda Triangle cases, and that's just embarrassing. What? Yeah, it's ridiculous. That, mm. It's hundreds of miles away from the Bermuda Triangle, the uh, the uh, non-existent Bermuda Triangle. How about now, alcohol, not the Solly Flood alcohol-based theory, but the the argument that Mary Celeste 
demise was really fueled by alcohol, but in a different scenario. Bear with me. It does destroy families. <laughs> it does. In this <laughs> case, it destroyed the entire ship. Perhaps some of the cask did start to leak. Ooh. Fumes built up and sort of wafting up. Somebody opens a hatch and is like, just, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, is hit with a wall of vapor. Sure. And it, was, it would have smelled, again, remember they put in chemicals to make it right. smell, taste terrible, and be poisonous. So... We knock them out. They open up. They have the other hatch opened up. Another wall of vapors. Let's try to um, air, air it out. out. Mm-hmm. But they don't. The fumes don't seem to be dissipating fast enough. The crew and the captain sort of freak out. They think this thing's going to explode. We're going to go up into a ball of flames. Let's get onto the lifeboat. We'll tie it off to the ship with the halyard rope, and we'll wait for the fumes to air dissipate. Out, yeah. It's kind of like getting into any teenage boy's car. Oh, Christ, it smells like marijuana. <laughs> but then what happens, Gary? The rope breaks. <gasps> and they all die. Can you imagine the, uh, that you're, you're tied off behind your ship, your rope breaks, and you have absolutely no way of getting back to that what, ship? Why, they have oars, don't they? Uh, maybe they Be do. Big little fuck. I'm sure they do. But let's just say they weren't able to catch up. I was in the fastest swimmer out real quick. <laughs> like, go, go. Grab that rope. Jump on board. Come get us. So the captain did bring his papers and his navigational instruments just as maybe in a case. just in case. Yeah. yeah. But panicked, apparently, because he didn't bring any uh, uh, enough food or water, whatever. He didn't bring what it would take to get to land because they never got to land. He also left behind the logbook. It's a little bit... Yeah. Odd he'd take other papers well, off the logbook. But book. like you said, they didn't think they were going to be out there forever. No, they didn't. But so it is, I know, but still, wouldn't you, I, I, unless you're panicked, you would take something just in case something bad goes yeah. wrong, but something did. Or, um, you, or this, you know, the same, the flooding scenario could be used for the same idea here that maybe the ship's hold had been more flooded than those three and a half feet and that they thought they were sinking again. And the same idea. The, the, uh, that they you know tied, got all got into the lifeboat, tied it off, the rope broke. The pump was apparently in poor working order when it was found by the crew of the De Gracia. Yeah. So it's possible. But under under the flooding scenario, then you'd think they would have taken the time to take food and stuff. You would think yeah. so. Because it wouldn't be such a panic situation. Yes. yes, but the chronometer was also in poor working order. You're asking what that is? That is, of course, as we know... You don't have to tell me, but tell the listener. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very accurate timepiece, and that's how you were able to gauge longitude, your position, in in terms of east to west. Okay. Latitude had been pretty easy with sun and stars for a long, long time, but longitude was the tough nut to crack. Remember, I think we've talked about this, where the the British crown offered a 20,000-pound reward if someone could could figure out how to estimate longitude. Over a million dollars in today's money, yeah. $57 trillion. Some hot money. money. (laughs) Some big, big time money. Okay, so what's the The, So what that indicates to some folks is that maybe Briggs thought they were much closer to the Santa Maria the Azores Island, than they actually were. So maybe he more or less abandoned the ship and they're going to row, like, we're sinking, or it's, we're going to explode, or we're sinking. Let's all get in the lifeboat. We're not that far from the position we think we are from Santa Maria. We'll, we'll row for Santa Maria and get help. Yeah, okay. But the chrono- they were further off because the chronometer was uh, not working right. 
Okay. That's not good. No, it's bad. But also, was he like a really good captain? He was a good captain. Yeah, he was. And, and he was not prone to panic, too. And all these things kind of require yeah. panic. Again, they, but, but here's the thing. The evidence does indicate that they did leave that boat, whatever they went, wherever they went, for whatever reason, they left it in a hurry. Yeah. Had to have been consensually, too, because yeah. there was no violence. Hmm. Regardless, though, the idea is that Briggs and the crew panicked for whatever the reason was, whether it's alcohol or, or, or flooding. They got into the lifeboat. The rope broke. And, and by the way, the halyard rope was found over the side of the rail. And that would be, that, that would be the, the rope that would have held on to the lifeboat. Secured the lifeboat, yeah. Was, it, was the edge frayed? <gasps> I have no idea. <laughs> it was cut. <gasps> that Conspiracy. Yeah. Let's see. It was probably afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Records from the Azores, by the way, show that later that day, the day the Mary Celeste was abandoned. So back on the what was it, the eighth, whatever, the fifteenth? I can't remember. <laughs> November twenty. Oh, fifteenth. Uh, whenever the day it was abandoned. Yeah. The there were heavy seas. A storm came through that area, and w- so the the lifeline snaps. And then the crew is unable to get back to the boat because they're being tossed around by heavy seas. Yeah. And presumably they sink and they go to the bottom of the ocean, never to be seen again. Woo. But would you attach your lifeboat to a ship that you think is about to explode? No. Because that's more likely than flooding, most people think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, probably, I well, mean, but, you might, I guess. Like, well, let's hope it doesn't explode. If it mm-hmm. does explode, yeah. you tie yourself up far enough, hopefully we're not impacted by the yeah. flames and debris, I guess. Well, they might think without anybody on board, what's an ignition source going to be, right? They're just, yeah. they want to be away from the fumes. They want to, yeah, you know, let it air out. But would you do, again, would you do it so precipitously that you don't bring any... I know provisions to survive for. I mean, I, I, who knows? Yeah, the, the day Gracia did was eight days behind them and slower, so it's possible they were, you, you know, a little tiny lifeboat in the area for a very long time. But by the time the day Gracia got there, they were 100 miles away, yeah, and dying. Yeah. So, but again, but also, how do we know they didn't take any provisions? They may, yeah, them? we don't know for sure. They they, yeah. they clearly didn't take that much though, because most of it was still on the ship. Yeah. Well. We know that for certain. We know yes. what they had and what. Okay. I'm sure they do. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say authoritatively, absolutely, hundred percent, yes. Would Briggs also have panicked in that way? Again, a lot. Most people think he wouldn't have. He was a much. He was a level-headed dude. Yeah. And the fact that there was no explosion indicates that it maybe wasn't as serious. But but you're right. Maybe they could have just thought it was serious and over exaggerated the threat. And um, that would be more likely because that's a more unfamiliar thing to them yeah. than the flooding thing. Yes, right? that's true. And it's probably the worst case scenario is your ship on fire. Yeah. In the middle of the so, Okay, so what do you, what do you, what's your guess for the, the cause? You know, that's plausible. I don't know that we really have enough evidence to say, yeah, that's not what yeah. happened. Not Try not to be there. Not submarine. Just one of those things. Mm, probably not submarine. Not Aquaman? No. One of those things, if we had time machines, that'd be a cool thing to figure out. Yeah, yeah. no, we'll never know. Mm-hmm. One of these days, we'll do the Joyita, which is maybe the second most famous uh, ghost ship. It was in the Pacific many years in the 1950s. Isn't the Dorian Gray something, too? No. Oh, that's, a that's a book. That's a book oh. about a painting. <laughs> but you know what? That's probably a ship you called that. When yeah. did this take place? When did they find it? 1872. The okay, so it was after the Civil War. Yes. 
So, yeah, I mean, that, I, I'll, I'll end with kind of what happened to the Mary Celeste, but and a little bit about the mythologizing of the story, but basically that is the story. The most likely scenario is some form of that latter scenario that they did take the, because it explains the lifeboat, it explains the, and the, and the, the um, hatches being loosed, being taken off, certainly does yeah. indicate that there was some issue with the cargo, and it was a pretty volatile chemical. It could have built up fumes and vapors. It would have smelled very bad. It, would have been, it could have been very, very scary. And uh, they just didn't pick the right rope. Nope. Huh. They were at the end of their rope. <laughs> the Mary Celeste, she unloaded her cargo in Genoa in June of 1873, and, but came to be viewed as kind of a cursed ship. Sailors didn't want to... Yeah, s- don't blame them. Yeah, I know. Didn't have a good record. No, Especially, she did not. Especially, I think sailors tend to be superstitious people. They are. You know what? Superstitious lot. Just rename it. Well, yeah. they didn't rename Rebrand it. Rebrand time again. Don't tell anybody. You think they would have renamed it, right? Yeah. No, yeah. they didn't for some reason. So eventually, though, new ownership bought it, retrofitted it again, took it to the West Indies, and she sailed for a while until in 1885, the Mary Celeste was purposely grounded off the shore of Haiti in an actual insurance scheme. Really? Yes. This, it, was, it was kind of a, the boat wasn't in great shape. The ownership was in, in a bad situation. So they did insure it pretty heavily, and they t- took a cargo of just junk and pretended it was valuable things Yeah, and then uh, ground- grounded it on these shoals that they knew were, were uh, something to avoid. They just purposely went right into it. Oh, man, we fucked up. We forgot about those shoals there. Wow. Oh, no. And unfortunately, though, their plot was easily uncovered because they sold the useless cargo. They sold the, uh, the salvage because it's sitting out there on, yeah. on the shoal. And so the U.S. consul said, I'll buy the salvage rights. He did. He went out there, and, and he got the uh, cargo back to shore, found out it was shit, and told the insurance company, yeah. who then promptly went after them, and they were um, put in jail. Myth, though, began to engulf the Mary Celeste almost from as soon as it was found. That's, that's really why we know about it. And a lot of these myths still survive, like you just, just said, the, 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 the idea. Well, here, in 1883... So nine years after, 11 years after, an article in the Los Angeles Times, oh. oddly enough, stated some of these myths. It said, quote, every sail was set. The tiller was lashed fast. Not a rope was out of place. The fire was burning in the galley. The dinner was standing untasted and scarcely cold. The log was written up to the hour of her discovery. Not oh. one word of that is true. Oh my God. Yeah. None of that is true. But by 11 years later, you already had this mythologizing of the Mary Celeste. Like it was this, I mean, think that would be truly insane. Yeah. It's like we came on board, there's no one there, there's no sun of anyone. And the food was warm. Yeah, yeah. I would dip. <laughs> I would not go back on that shit. So that's, so that, that these, these, Non untruths about the Mary Celeste were in circulation pretty quickly, and it, so it became this just very legendary ghost ship. It's mysterious enough. We still yeah. we, we we think it might have been something to do with the alcohol and putting the lifeboat behind the, the the boat and it, the the rope snapping. That's probably what happened, but we don't know. We never will. But it really is famous, and it, it, because of the the myths yeah. about it. And I'm then, disappointed that the LA Times would publish something sorry, like that. in 1883. Yeah. There was a short story called J. Habakkuk Jeffson's Statement. Oh, that's hmm. a great name. It's a great name. Why you, <laughs> Rolls you, off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> You're writing a short story. You can make up whatever Every, name you want, <laughs> yeah. and you go with J. Habakkuk Jefferson. 
Jeff's in the PH. That was written by Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh. It was, it was based on the Mary Celeste case. He published this in Cornhill Magazine in sure. 1885, pre-Sherlock Holmes, about a year before he published his first story of Sherlock Holmes. He changed the spelling of Mary, M-A-R-Y, to Marie, M-A-R-I-E, I think, my theory, inspired by Poe's The Mystery of Marie Roget, which, as you know, her real name was Mary Rogers. Uh, he was, in, in this story, in Doyle's story, he has a freed slave as one of the crewmen, and he, the freed slave induces the crew to murder the officers and sail for Africa. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Some people actually took it seriously enough at the time, even though it was a sh- fictional story, including the U.S. consul to Gibraltar at the time, like looked into it like, wait, is this true? This where they have The platform into the ocean story, remember that one? Yeah. That came from fiction. It was a 1913 story in Strand Magazine, that, but it was presented as if it was facts. It was, it was, in fact, it was a hoax story, effectively. About the Mary Celeste? About or, the Mary or, Celeste, oh, yeah. Okay. This, like, this is what happened. Yeah. There was a series of stories saying, uh, the last survivor of the Mary Celeste tells the truth. Oh, you know? yeah, wow. sure, I can see that. Another hoax story came out in the 1920s, again, pretending to be from a lone survivor, and it, it posited this whole murder in cahoots with the De Gracia kind of theory. So, and there were others, for sure. The truth is, there were no steaming mugs of coffee or half yeah. plates of food. Conditions were not nearly as pristine. Again, the, the, the boat had clearly been knocked around. It was in disarray. Seaworthy, that's important. Seaworthy and well-provisioned, saleable, but in the kind of disarray you'd expect if it had been at the last mercy. Around yeah, last around for 10 days. I mean, that's the key. We'll never know. The Mary Celeste has remained firmly moored in our imaginations. <laughs> <laughs> because, largely because of these myths, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Mostly hear those myths. I've, yeah. Those are what you hear mm-hmm. first. Yep. And um, hot food. I always hear the hot food Hot food, part. yep. I mean, which would mean they were minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why you hear, some people really do take the alien thing, like they're, they're oh. early mm-hmm. alien yep. abductees kind yeah. of thing. So, in fact, it was, uh, the real answer will never be known. Dang it. I know it. I would love to know that, but I don't. We won't. Yeah. So that's the story of the Mary Celeste. One of them, I wanted to bring a classic story to Weird you, the listeners, to Weird World, because it's uh, something that I'm sure is of interest. But if you want it to be aliens or something like that, go for it. It could be. You never yeah, know. We don't know. But if you want Can't it to be, if you want it to be, if, if your reliance on that answer is that it had warm food and all that stuff, then you're wrong. Yeah. Sorry, you're gonna have to try harder. That's it. That's all I have. I'd for rather you. be a kraken. Ah, mm-hmm. a kraken would be cool too. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah. Kraken, okay. aliens, Aquaman. Well, thanks, mm-hmm. Dean. In that order. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Tell us stuff. <laughs> cool. Well, you can find us at Weird World Podcast. On... You go right into a different voice when you do this. I have you noticed really that? don't. When you intro and when you do this, <clears throat> you go into a different voice. I like it. It's a radio voice. It's a husky mm-hmm. NPR kind of. Uh, it's, it's great. My voice is not husky. You should do recipes with I've that been voice. Told I, I have a been... completely different voice talking to children. <laughs> Am I job? Well, you probably do. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I have a different voice talking to my doggies. Yes, mm-hmm. you do. Okay. We're it's like this. Hello, doggies. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to record you talking to the doggies. (laughs) (laughs) Weird World Podcast on Facebook, Patreon, Instagram, Weird World Pod on Twitter. And 
That's it. Okay. Thanks, Kier. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Deuces. Love you.